0: Ken Rashawn.
1: Welcome, Ken Rashawn here in the D.C. area back home after a nice trip that I got to see Dave. We've seen each other at events on the West Coast more than we've seen probably any other area, all all (laughs) San Diego area, right, Dave?
2: I I honestly thought you were from there, and you probably thought I was from there too, right? (laughs) I did,
1: until I found out your PR firm is in the New York area, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, upstate New York, Buffalo, all the way.
1: Well, um, at the beginning of the show... uh, we were being sponsored by a company that said start wars and i realized that with you having stop wars that i had to just get rid of the sponsor before the show yeah. so wow that was so we we moved to all positivity here and okay. then we're playing it we're playing a level 10 here right doug all right yes sir yes sir so uh this is sponsored by perfect publishing and the key Smiley movement amplifluence which we have A really cool event happening Thursday in Colorado Springs. So, Doug, I expect you to get your tickets. Come out to the uh, Amplifluence event. We do Amplifluence events, Dave, all across the United States, Uh, about 50 cities that are Southwest friendly. We go in and we invite for free anyone who is a positive influencer, anyone doing good things in the community. And we show off our our authors. Uh, We obviously want... We want to convince you to let us market your book at all the, all the lovely cities. This is a beautiful book, by the way. Uh, Doug, I might have to get an extra copy and, and get one for you. This is just, please, please it, do. It's not just a great book. It is a deep dive into all kinds of hacking. And I know you're, you're kind of in the hacking uh, space as well. So I'm going to read this, Doug, and then I want to bring you in to talk about your event. But I want to read this bio so that you know who sure. you're going to be listening to later. Dave oh, please, Farrow, please the short
2: it's a long one. Please it,
1: short it, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's worth it, though. The, the, the right. first, honestly, Doug, the first 20 minutes of this bio, you're like, is it ever going to end? But then at the very end, you're like, wow, that 20 was quick.
2: All right. <laughs> <was> so,
1: <laughs> so here we go. Uh, Dave Farrow is a two-time Guinness World Record holder for the greatest memory. To earn this title, Farrow recalled the exact order of 59 decks of shuffling playing cards using the Farrow method. This method was originally invented to combat Pharaoh's dyslexia and ADHD, and it is now a unique memory system backed by the double-blind neuroscience study from McGill University. Pharaoh has been featured guest uh, expert on more than 2,000 interviews, including multiple appearances on the Dr. Oz Show, Today, Live with Regis and Kelly, the Steve Harvey Show, Discovery Channel, and many others. Today, Pharaoh uses his keen understanding of the Brained in the public relations and media sector, he is a CEO of ferro Communications, a full-service PR firm known for memory, uh, memorable marketing. And by the way, congratulations on winning that CEO position, Dave. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was very competitive.
1: <laughs> sure. Nice. So I will send uh, I will send this out to you, Doug, so you can get this out to all level ten, so they can play bigger. Because he is going to be sharing uh, hacks on how to network better how to win in business better, how to remember names. I, I mean, if, if I, I I have to do this, I have to tease you a little bit. In this okay. conversation that you are missing, Doug, because you have to go to your networking event, we will be... Discussing- you're going
3: to send me the link so I can I watch will. it later. I,
1: of course I will. So we're going to be talking about memorizing any amount of information, triggering mm. perfect focus at will, learning eight times faster than anyone else, speed reading, stopping self-sabotage, ending food cravings, Truly fighting age-related mental decline, editing your own habits, lip reading, and many, many more.
3: Do I have to share, or can I just let everyone else think I'm smarter than them?
1: Um, you do not have to share. You can, you can definitely. So I, I have to give props to Doug. One of the reasons I'm having on here is that you were witness, Dave, to uh, our good friend, Dr. Greg Reed's 60th birthday party. And, and Doug just turned 60. I actually, turned thirtieth anniversary. Thirtieth anniversary of his thirtieth year, which I love right. that. And by right. the way, it, I just turned. I can't say it. I I just turned my 29th anniversary of my thirtieth birthday. Thanks to Doug, explain how that math works. So right. next year, I get the official title of thirtieth anniversary of my thirtieth year. But Doug had like a Woodstock. I just
2: a wood I'm in my late 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 thirties. That's all. It was, it was my late <laughs> late thirties. <30s>, you
1: know? <laughs> well, Doug had like a Woodstock experience for all the people he loves and has networked with it was a three-day two events a day so you could you could pick and match and my son and i got to watch mission impossible because that was one of the featured uh ways to get together and celebrate his birthday so doug you have some amazing events coming up and you're going to be on a show i guess later this month sharing i think so Great. Yeah. Right? so um go ahead share share your big event coming up
3: yeah, so I'm uh, I'm in Maryland. I hold a lot of about 15 events a month, business networking events. We've got a we're kind of like a chamber of commerce. We have uh, about 200 members. So we have little 20, 25 person networking, happy hours and lunch events three days a week throughout Maryland, four different counties. So that's what we do all the time. Every every month, every three or four months, we hold a big expo type event. So this one coming up in September is my biggest event of the year. It's the ninth annual Maryland's top crab cake challenge. So I get local restaurants and caterers competing to see who makes the best crab cakes and Maryland crab soup and cream of crab soup. So all the attendees to to get to come through and try all the samples and then vote for their favorites. And we give out awards to the winners, top three in each category. And then we have 40 or 50 regular businesses set up as exhibitor booths and we do a casino night and a DJ and photography and a, a video um, video booth, uh, 360 booth. So a lot of fun stuff uh, from 4 to 8 p.m. on Tuesday, September 26th. This year, it's in Perry Hall, Maryland.
1: Uh, say the date again.
3: Tuesday, September 26th, 4 to 8 yeah. p.m. is the main event. And then from 8 to 10, we have a networking reception where we announce the winners and we have live music
1: Um, from the little after party and by the way dave the live dj he's not allowed to say live dj without saying absolute entertainment which happens to be gordon thorne the amazing dj that works with me and has worked with me for 40 years i cannot believe that um he has broken you know i watched the george foreman uh movie last night and i thought of gordon thorne because for him to come back at 45 and win the, the world heavyweight it's like Gordon just never stops training to be never the best stops. in the world. <laughs> so we'll put a link. Uh, what's the website people can go to again?
3: CrabcakeTasting.com. We'll get you to that. And Level 10 Events will get you to everything.
1: So, Dave, I have a question before Doug takes off. Uh, what is the the legal repercussions of saying... That his crab cake challenge is uno- the unofficial Guinness experience, the Guinness uh, world record experience. Unofficial. I mean, when you say unofficial, it means that you're not saying it. they're connected to it. Is that true?
2: I can say that the, uh, the the Guinness Book of Records has a very large legal department, and they defend their. They they won't even let people who broke a world record use their logo without permission. All right. right. So they yeah. they have. I mean, the only ones I think you you'd have more difficulty with would be Disney. You know, if you were trying to use some of their IP. Um, it, but, it, it, you know, to its credit, it is, um, according to some people, it's the most recognizable brand uh, worldwide uh, right up there with Coca-Cola. You know? And you
1: do know how they got their name, right?
2: Yeah, from, uh, they started off on, uh, on Guinness Beer. Uh, it was like just a little trivia in bars uh, to try to say, hey, who's, hip? who's the fastest man? Who's this and that? And, you know, when you're in a bar drinking, that's a very common thing. And then they put it all in a book and it turned out to be the best-selling book of all time. Wow. Right. Now, now I shouldn't say of all time. There is Bible. competition with the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but it, it depends on, on how you do your math. You know, there's uh there's bulk of books, but actual book sales in bookstores. The Guinness book actually out- outpaces it. So you know Isn't it funny that the
1: Guinness Book of Records has-, has a
2: Guinness record, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh man, so uh, but I mean, it was like who was the strongest, who was the tallest, that kind of stuff. And yeah. I'm glad you bring this up because it, it is funny that that was such a genius move, a genius Guinness move for them to do that. And so we so will what, just
2: what I think. What I think actually happens is the way they 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 get their record. If you want to know for publishing, this might be an idea you have. Is uh, I believe so. Um, somebody, you know, let me know if I'm wrong. But I was told that basically there's one Guinness book. And every time they publish, it's a segment or edition of the one book. So the one mm. book is just constantly copyrighted and updated. So yeah. that's why they say so every book sales of the Guinness Book of Records since it began all the way up to the present is considered the same book. That's why the, they have the best book sales of, of any book in, in the modern age, you know? It's
1: well, awesome. they're, they're new ones. Uh, the color and uh, it it's yeah. just pops and it, it's a gorgeous, big, big book. Uh, yeah, I want to. I want to actually see what we can do about getting the the Guinness team to come out to your crab cake challenge and see who eats the most crab cakes. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? If, you know what you should put out there, Doug, is the Guinness World Book of Records uh, most crab cakes eaten at a place as this. Do we have anybody that's going to challenge us? Because we will. We will contact the Guinness World Book of Records to be there.
2: Yeah. Good. Yeah, if, I like it. Register if you register on the website for a an account. A, 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 a uh a record that you want to break uh they will give you feedback you have to pay a little bit to get uh quick feedback but they'll give you feedback and a way to contact them directly so if they don't approve you for the record that you're trying to go for like if they don't you should re- you should register ahead of time by the way a lot of people make that mistake but if they don't approve you for the record you're going for they'll actually suggest other records that you could go for because uh you know it's in their best interest to have people be competitive so if you don't go for that one you can go for something you know similar like you said. awesome if you don't cook the most you can eat the most like that sort of thing right. yeah
1: and so you remember dave faro very well this is a book called the celebrity uh celebrity birthdays yes and-
2: here's how to remember it my last name's pharaoh so they call me the pharaoh of memory and i i walk around with that goofy hat for a while and uh nobody forgot
1: love it so what was the second uh Guinness record
2: well actually the first time i went for the record was 40 decks cards so, okay. so so then uh you know then uh, uh now I, I had enough experience that uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to essentially break it like get up to like fifty two, but it didn't um it, it it was uh there was like some typos on some decks and stuff like that. So I went for the, the forty decker card uh range, uh two thousand sixty eight cards, uh, uh, um but uh the, the the big record later on for the fifty nine decks, that was the one that Uh, Sorry, 2,704 for the 40 decks of Cards. It's been a while. Um, The big record for the uh, 59 decks of Cards, that was a huge game changer for me because when I first went for my Guinness record, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Uh, And it was, uh, you know, I was trying to build a business and everything. And like a lot of business owners, you know, I uh, had difficulty kind of figuring out how to make money from from memory. So I made a bunch of money and I paid a bunch of taxes and then I didn't have a bunch of money and I had to like kind of, you know, reboot. Uh, and then somebody broke my record. A, a, a great friend of mine, actually uh, Dominic O'Brien, in in, in England, uh, he he broke it back. And and I was like, okay, I, I can either kind of, you know, say this was one phase of my life, or I can kind of double down on this, as you said, uh, as as it were. And when I went for that mm-hmm. second record, that's when my my business really took off because. That's when I, you know, got an infomercial and I got all the shows and I really like was able to leverage it. So sometimes, uh, you know, in business, it's the second act that's the big one, you
1: know? Well, it's funny you say that because that's exactly the George Foreman thing. He ran out of all his money. He was never, ever, ever going to go back in the ring. He says, you can take all the money, the Rockefellers and all the money, the Kennedys and double that. And you're still not going to see me in the ring. Right. Until you
2: need the money, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But he was, he was so far overweight and he had, no one had ever come back. Ten years later, and this is not the part of the story, but it's very relevant to what you're talking about. Is that you got beat and you have to step up your game? Why was it? I, I was thinking in the back of my mind, fifty nine. That's to celebrate my 59th birthday this weekend. But what? Why not sixty for Greg Reed and for Doug? I mean, they turned sixty. Why not sixty decks? That's what I want to know.
2: The reason it, it was actually going to be uh, it was going to be sixty two, but yeah. there were uh, typos in the back of two of the decks. So two of the like so there's all blue backs until two of the decks were red, even though they said they were blue. When you buy those many decks of cards for Bicycle, apparently there's typos in them, like mistakes yeah. in them. So so that would have looked like a tell. So I couldn't use those red backs. So I did have 60 decks left. But after doing a bunch of interviews, I knew that I would be correcting people for the rest of my life because they would think it's 16. And I would have to go, no, six, zero, 60. So that's why I said 59. It, it, it sounds like you can't mistake it. You can't make that mistake verbally. And you know, I mean, I've done like well over 2000 interviews. That makes a big difference, you know, being a right.
3: <laughs> All right, Ken, I got a roll. Dave, nice meeting you. Send me the link later, Ken. I will. I'm interested in hearing this and I want to read your book. And, and
1: by the way, normally he requires someone to go through all 2000 interviews that he did naming them, but he let you off the hook today because he wants to still do part of his show.
3: Thank you. Cause I still have to have my phone set off reminders to tell me who to call and where to go and when to do it. Thanks guys. So,
1: so this one, Doug, this one is, is titled to Kenny. So you can't get that one, but I will order one today on Amazon so you can have yours. All right. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Have a great day. Hey, play at level 10. Will yeah. do. Thanks. I, you know, you're supposed to say, I always do. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so Dave, um, Doug was uh, creating a name for his new networking. He's had several phases of this networking and he said it was like um, magic Mondays or something like that. And, and he says, but I, I, I have this other one I'm not going to do. It's, it's level 10. I go, if you don't do level 10, I'll never come to your events. Cause playing at level 10 is like, you can write the top 10 book. You can write the, the top 10 ways to network top 10, everything. I said, you have my attention if you do level ten, otherwise forget about it. So, he did it. So, right. you are.
2: It's got to get. it got to get up
1: there. Just like Spinal Tap.
2: There you go.
0: Yeah, I it to eleven.
1: <laughs> so, I was, I was so excited to see you, and I'll I'll tell you the real. I mean, the bigger reason why, and I think you know it because I, I I let the cards out of I let the card out of the deck. But it was because you brought your son. And what a great kid. Um, He's a little shy, but uh, I can tell he's he's a chip off the old block, as you put in your book, and it's it's so cool. He's
2: shy until he's not, and then he's the most talkative person in the room, right? Like a, right. a nine year old for you, it's great. No, I, <laughs> it's it's really important that he could see, he could go to that and see it all because I want him to be inspired uh, by everything. You know, he sees things on YouTube and he just thinks it's some sort of ethereal thing but uh, ephemeral thing, but it's, uh, it's very, very well grounded. You know, running your own business is, is hard. It's difficult mainly because you just gotta, you gotta build the whole structure yourself, but seeing other people do it, it it gives a, um, gives a pathway to rather than it just being theory.
1: Well, I appreciate you taking a couple minutes to talk to my son before the show started and, and just your brutal honesty. You said, Hey, Lex was bored at times, but you know, we're excited about everything there because we have learned how much value there is. And you actually cannot, you cannot pay attention to all that value. It's just too much. There's too much good stuff. And you have all these distractions of the fact that you have all these amazing people that are coming in and and leaving their life and are doing Guinness type of, records in their own way. Like there's some really super amazing people you google them or you see what the, who they've met and they're just hanging with the biggest people in the world. So I I spend more time outside the room and it's bad. I need to have that recording but then I think to myself, when am I going to listen recording? Right. So at, at that event. Yeah. Prosperity camp. Dr. Yeah. Gregory. How did you how did you meet him?
2: Oh, how did I meet Greg? Wow. Um yeah, it was uh it was. It was actually like, yeah. It was, it was. It was. a friend of a friend connected me to him, and he was looking for people, you know, people like me, like somebody who who, who, who could inspire people uh, for his secret knock. And I didn't know what the heck a secret knock was, you know. <laughs> um, and I think I think he might have seen me at another event, and uh, you know, we connected. And then uh, you know, when I went to secret knock, I saw what he was trying to accomplish. This is turning into an ad for him, but I mean, it's, it's totally deserved. He, he doesn't mind. And by the way, we'll, we'll show that. The front of
1: the book is backed okay. by the back of the book with Greg yep, Reed. Yep, yep. And, and by the way, he gave you a really good plug. But of course, he has had you on the stage every single time you've been there. And yeah, he writes that Brain Hacker is an all-in-one guide to hacking into your brain and making it as powerful as it can be. And he is the author of Three Feet from Gold. He, he has some of the most amazing speakers there. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you what, you what you gleaned, what you learned uh, at that event.
2: Well, you know, the, the thing that I learned really uh, is, is how important mindset is. We talk about it all the time, you know, but I, I don't know about anybody watching, but I had a bunch of tragedy over 2022 and uh, going into 23. And um, it was a tough time for a lot of people, you know, going through COVID and, and, and everything. I'm still, you know, picking up some of the pieces. But um, it starts with your mindset if you want to get your life back on track. And it also ends there if people don't get their head in the game so to speak you know i remember like like you know wayne gretzky uh, there's there's a famous time where where there were like you know hockey players talking about how much money they're making or buying houses and stuff like that like you know during a game and wayne gretzky would just like bump into them and say get your get your damn head in the game you know Mm -hmm. like that's why he was the greatest is like when he was working he was working you know so we can have We can have uh, problems and difficulties come into our lives and we can have, um, you know, great benefits and and, and beautiful things come into our lives. But if we don't get our head on straight, if we don't know where we're going, it's like a ship without a keel. Uh, We're going wherever the current takes us. And and what I usually think of is unless I'm directing that ship, then somebody else is, you know. So yes. that, that's really what, what I got out of that event is, is is networking. Well, these peers who are everybody to a person to like, a, like there's a kid there and they've got a goal for something, you know, and they're, and they're aiming at something. And it's not about actually whether or not you achieve it or how fast you achieve it or how high, if you're above the next guy or something, it's the fact that you are, you're, you're, you're in this life. And every day you're looking up and aiming a little bit up from where you were. That is, I think the ultimate in the human condition. Uh, if you're not, then then you're you're not you're not truly living. You know, you're just existing. Well, a quote that I may not perfect in sharing is
1: that when you have space in your head, who are you renting that space to? That's taking up the space. that's either pulling you back or bringing you up. And if it's taking you down, you're letting them rent free in your head. So get rid of them so you can actually have the right type of thinking and. The the final I guess plug for Greg is that you're in a surrounded area where your income will automatically go up if you just hang with these people. I mean, it's it's an abundance mindset, and it's a and it's a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So, young man, you're not sixty; you're just like thirty something, right? And so, where were you, where were you born?
2: I'm thirty something. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'll take that. Sure, I'll take that any day. Don't look at my Wikipedia, please. <laughs> Please don't 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 check that. Don't don't fact check that at all. Um, I was born in Canada, uh, Kitchener, Ontario, and uh, I was actually born to a lot of health problems. I actually died twice as an infant, and and that's in in the book. And I talk about dealing with uh, you know chronic pain as a kid. So um, I got I got a little criticism on the book from like memory uh, memory folks because they thought it was going to be a memory book when I wanted to go a little farther. I wanted to go into, into true brain hacks. You know, so I have a hack. On how to deal with pain how to actually block out pain in the brain i think it's one of the most valuable hacks you can have um i've got the speed reading and the memory stuff in there but i also have you know like how to how to lip read how to, how to sleep better um i wanted it to be something that was more well-rounded and applicable to everybody not just you know somebody who's trying to memorize some decks of cards or, or you know go to school or something um well do the do the pain hack how, that? how do you do it what's Let's that? do the pain hack Sure, so, so what you wanna understand with pain is that uh, your, your pain is real, the injury is real, but the sensation is actually subjective. There's a lot of ways that we know can mitigate pain. Um, if you're dealing with like, for example, if you're dealing with something that's very high level pain, but it's uh, you're able to start and stop. So let's say you're removing bandages from a wound or something. This is something that they do in a hospital, to say burn victims, right? Well, they found out that that taking breaks in between can dramatically lower the amount of pain. They used to just go all the way through and kind of, you know, charge through, right? Mm. Uh, Things like that. Um, We know with Lamaze that, you know, breathing techniques and starting and stopping breathing can can greatly reduce pain during childbirth. So so if if we can do those in those extreme situations, you know, when you're dealing with things like back pain and joint pain, like I was dealing with, um, then there are ways to to make your brain uh, uh not pay attention. One of the first ways is is distraction. If you play a video game, be surprised or have a time where like you're really involved in something like a book or a video game or something. And and then like when you're done, you, you get up and you're like, oh oh man like i like you're just frozen there and you don't feel it right so i don't recommend that get yourself into a good posture and a good position Uh, i say this while i'm slouching myself but uh the uh the big brain hack that i came up with was how to visualize pain so you have to use feedback a lot of people when they visualize something it's it's just me you know the idea is i'm forcing my brain to think of something when i really recommend people go in the other direction so what i mean by this is let's say i have i have a pain in my head a headache right very common anybody with headaches you can try this and you can actually push away the pain and you won't feel it Uh, but you do have to focus on it um so what you do is you visualize your head like kind of like close your eyes and visualize it and then you ask your brain to tell you what the pain looks like and usually it looks like kind of like a cloud uh, a looming cloud of dust or something for some reason i have like red almost like rust rusty dust uh, as where the pain looks like right And it'll kind of show up in a particular area, let's say it's over here. And what I'll do is I'll visualize wind blowing at that dust, you know, pushing it away. And as I visualize it, it'll slowly start to drift away and the pain starts to go away as well. And uh, this is something that yogis have done using a different technique and, you know, people uh, on stage and mentalists have have, like experienced pain. There's like a bunch of different tricks. Um, But this one is just very, very simple. Uh, You just visualize that pain and you visualize something pushing it away and you can literally just push it out of your body and you don't feel it. Uh, The only thing that I have heard from people is that they if they try to fall asleep. Then it starts to come back because they stop visualizing, right? So mm-hmm. it is something you have to actively do, and I'm I'm sorry, it's not it's not a magic pill, but uh, I always try to do things like this to um, to kind of relax the body as well. And there's there's variation on this to help relax the muscles.
1: What what pain were you in as a child?
2: Well, I have uh, I have some some uh, joint pain. I, I have uh, like. Um, as far back as 12 years old, I had the, the pain you'd normally associate with, uh, with, with back pain, with getting older. But I had it as a kid, and I had some joint pain, and I had underdeveloped uh, lungs, underdeveloped ears. I had um, uh, dizzy spells. Um, I would get horrible migraines, and I'd get uh, chronic ear infections. I had something like uh, <laughs> 200 ear infections. So I was a mess. Um, but it's one of the reasons why I take, I take health so seriously to this day. I uh, exercise every day. I've done physio, and I, I have a, a number of supplements that I take to to reduce uh, inflammation. I have a good diet, and now I don't. I don't have that. So I was one of those people who sometimes had to use a cane when he was a teenager, and now I'm in my late 40s, and uh, I, I don't. I don't have to do those things, you know. I'm I'm almost 50, and I feel like better than I did when I was, you know, 15.
1: That's awesome. Well, we're going to be back in a couple minutes. But before we go, how do people connect with you?
2: Sure. Uh, well, you can you can just Google my name, Dave Farrow, or you can look up Brain Hacker um, on uh, Amazon. Uh, I also run a, a PR firm, uh, Faro Communications. So you check out Faro Communications. And you're the CEO, if I recall. I, I am the boss there. Yeah, and uh, we actually <laughs> use uh, we use all the the memorable marketing and strategies to get people uh, publicity, just like I got for myself. So <laughs> we get you know all of our clients thousands of of uh, media placements.
1: It's really cool that you were able to talk to Jeff Bezos and get this on Amazon too. That's that's awesome. It's
2: it's, it's really it's really powerful. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. It's right after I did that 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 you know multi month deal with Netflix where you know it was really really exciting. I, I can watch any movie now. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well, we'll be back in a couple minutes. This is Ken Rochon, on amplified voice America. Uh, lovely shout out and push. To the man in the sky, Jeff Spinard, who created Voice America, and on my birthday, I always I like. Thought
2: you were going to say Jeff Bezos again. The man in you know, the sky, the great, the great Bezos. Bezos
1: uh, <laughs> finally made his movie free on, on Amazon, so this is the time to watch it for free. He was charging people to watch his success story, and I think I think that was pretty brilliant. But let's yeah, let's... that's
2: why he's successful. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, we'll be back in a minute.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
3: The Umbrella Syndicate amplifies good causes, good people, and good messages. They offer a suite of services that help people and businesses gain better exposure. Through working with the Umbrella Syndicate, you gain the ability to reach an audience of 50,000 unique people a week. They have recently reached over 20,000 followers on Facebook. You can view their photography and how they use it as a strong promotional tool on their Facebook fan page, facebook.com slash The Umbrella Syndicate. Show them your support by liking their page. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member
0: of Voice America. It's always free and easy. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Amplify. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. We also would love to hear from you via email to info at theumbrellasyndicate.com. Now, back to Amplify.
1: Well, 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 we are back for take two, round two, the deep dive into Brain Hacker. And, you know, it could be considered, a, a I guess, a, an interesting compliment to say, wow, this interview is all over the place. But I just want to say, you know, Howard Stern said that the reason people listen to him even though they hated him, they never knew what he was going to say next. So I, I guess I'm applying a little bit of that philosophy. But uh, after I read this book in its completion, because I've only read about half of it, my focus will be there more, so it'll be like predictable.
2: <laughs> but no, no, I, I think I think it's good. I think it's exciting.
1: Well, <laughs> if it goes all over the place, I do think that there's a deeper dive we could take any other place. And also, I look at for link. So at the end of the show, I'm doing um, rapid fire where I ask you five super fast questions not faster than I'm speaking, but five fast questions and five answers come back as fast as possible, meaning no explanation, just the answer. So for instance, I think you've been on my show like four years ago, but anyway, what book changed your life? And then you just say the answer. And the reason I want to do that is because those are links and those are also ways of programming who you are. So I, I like the fact in the book, uh, you look back at dyslexia and you said, why the heck do they make it so hard to spell?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's an excellent. Like, I, I that, that's that's the argument is is uh, you know with ADD they got it figured out. I mean, here's a peop- here's a group of people that that you know they they have terrible attention span, so you make it an acronym, you know, and, and it went to ADHD and at four letters. That's about the limit, guys. Come on, you know, um, and uh, but then you know the uh, the uh, 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 the people who made dyslexia, they just I think it's a cruel joke, you know. they just made it the toughest word to uh to spell. now i will tell you this i do a lot of interviews so you got to watch who you can piss off though right so i mean i can i can uh, i can make jokes about adhd you know they uh they they don't have they you know they they if they get mad they'll, they'll probably lose steam before they write letters right you know um dyslexic people they're not writing any letters right but don't piss off the ocd people they never quit okay i'm just telling you don't make jokes about ocd uh they, they never stop
1: oh, not too nice or in lisp I mean, Lisp is impossible to say for those that have an issue with that.
2: That's true. Yeah. You can't say this is terrible.
1: And my final uh, for the final bell is abbreviation. How could that be that long of a word?
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, You had all these obstacles. And the one thing I found true about interviewing Frank Shankowitz or William Paul Young, all these people that had big challenges or tough childhood is they say if they didn't have them, they wouldn't be who they are today. They wouldn't have to overcome and they wouldn't have created what they created so if you had had a normal childhood no chronic pain and you didn't have dyslexia adhd and all that good stuff you probably wouldn't have pursued this is that true
2: i i I think so yeah definitely health-wise as well you know i uh, i looked into everything i could about you know diet and health i was vegetarian for about 20 years you know i was buddhist for eight years like i was searching for uh, and, I, and I still apply a lot of that to my life today. You know, I, I eat meat, but I have a much more varied diet than most meat eaters and, and much healthier, I would say. We have salads all the time. Uh, and, and same with uh, the Buddhism. I, I meditate every day, though it's a modified version of what I was taught. Um, so I think that the most important thing um, is to, to study all ways. Uh, even if you think that your way is the right way, you know, your way is the best way for you. The the best way to know that is to study another path because uh, if you are right, then you'll become more and more with your own path. You know, that's actually from the uh, Hakuguri, the uh, Japanese book, um, the, uh, you know, study all ways and be, you become more in tune with your own, you know? So a lot of people think, that that going on a you know a spiritual quest and everything will will um you know you know water down your path and really it 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 solidifies it it makes you know who you are and 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 what you want to do agreed and
1: that's a big props to you in saying
2: that because i studied lots of
1: different religions and mainly because my dad moved around we were everything and uh and so i took a deeper dive and looked at buddhism and i looked at some other Religions, and what I realize is, I'm non-denominational because if you pick one pathway, you're saying that's the only way, and all the pathways have similar aspects of goodness, but they also have new nuances of what makes those religions work.
2: Well, and I'd also say that there are some things in Buddhism. In my case, I did Tibetan Buddhism, and uh, I would say it was an intellectual pursuit, even as much as spiritual. Uh, they know they instinctively have known more about how the brain works than than what the west is even discovering now uh and and so some of the some of the mental techniques some of their brain hacks are on another level you know it's, it's absolutely fantastic so just just ben, for the 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 intellectual uh experience uh and the challenge uh is is is, is very important I think everybody should try that and you- also, back to your point the um the health uh, yeah. You know, have you ever noticed people like even that you went to high school with and everything and they're, they're very unhealthy and, and uh, because I was very unhealthy as a kid, I was looking into like changing my diet when I was younger and everything. Now, I'm not here to propose any specific sort of diet, but it's kind of like there's there's kind of a, um, there's kind of a principle, if you will, that like the people who like the parents, the new parents who buy all the parenting books, whether or not they actually read the books and apply them, if you're the type of person to buy those books, you're probably going to be a good parent. It's the same thing, like the people who try different exercise programs or try different dietary programs, whether or not you succeed at them or you stick to them, you're probably already the type of person who's going to be healthier than the people who don't try, right? So, so don't worry about trying and failing, just, just try the very fact that you're the type of person who's going to take that effort when 90, you know, 99% of the people don't, uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm almost 50 and, uh, like nobody believes me because I've, I've been taking care of my body my whole life, you know?
1: I think uh, it's so interesting. You do the try thing with wearing stop wars not there.
2: <laughs> well, stop, <laughs> stop wars, start improving your life.
1: Right. Right. But, but Yoda says there's no try. There's either you do or don't do. Okay. But you're saying try, but you yeah,
2: I, I, I get it. Yes, do or do not. Do no, but, no, try. Yeah. So, but let me let me talk about try for a
1: second because the way you're saying it is that you're not trying inactively not doing it. You're you're actually doing different things and you're tasting. It's it's more like you're tasting. Yeah.
2: Well, it, it's kind of like a lot of people think of well it was like it was like with my Guinness record, you know. Um, I had the philosophy when I was trying to get this record that I, even if I failed, I would learn something or I would do something great. I had so many people tell me that I would fail. And so many, they had such a vested interest in my failure, even like they, they tried, they bet money that I would fail. And these were family members, right? Um, So, so this was, this was a big deal to a lot of people. But to me, I was thinking, even if I failed, I would learn something. I would grow. I would, I would, you know, be better and smarter and stronger for the (laughs) trying. You know, so, so don't worry about the end result. Just take the effort and, and take that first step. Is my opinion.
1: Well, that sucks. That if you're taking the bets with the family members and they won, you failed twice because you failed, and then you had to pay them to do right. I, I, really-
2: I failed in my first attempt at the Guinness record. I don't tell many people this, and uh, they they bet like twenty bucks, and they wanted they wanted their money, and I went up to them and I said, "Double or nothing." All right, and they said, "You're on," and and they still owe me forty bucks to this day. <laughs> <laughs> you know so you went to tibet um i well i i was um i was with the uh tibetan community in toronto actually when i was they were very influential i mean it's actually the largest community of tibetans outside of uh tibet or dharmasala india which is where the the tibetan community is in exile the tibetan leadership is in exile there and i do want to go to dharmasala i I was planning a trip and then COVID hit so i'll probably go there pretty soon no we will go there all right sounds good our sons there you go I want to bring uh, bring Lex with me
1: for sure. Yeah, I really am. You know, you really inspired me because I got to the airport that that morning at six a.m. and I was kicking myself. I was like, "Kenny should be here." And then I see you with your son. I was like, "Okay, I'm not happy. I'm jealous." But then I was extremely happy because I was like, "This proves it was a good idea." Because anyone <laughs> Book of Records and they are so smart, they know what's going on when they bring their son. Oh, come on,
2: come on. No, it was. Just, I just want to have. I want to bring him around everywhere because I think it's. I think. um you know that old adage of do do what i say not what i do just doesn't fly for kids they have to see you do it and right. and uh you don't have to even discipline if you are a good example of discipline for example you right know, you don't like within reason don't get me wrong I, I discipline my son when necessary but for the most part he really he sees me try hard and work hard and and as a result he he, he <laughs> is respectful and he respects me and and so he tries to to make me happy so he, we're not having this combative relationship at least yet you know we'll we'll see as he becomes a teenager but i think i think i'm onto something with this whole be authentic and kind to your kid and and work with them and stuff I, I think i'm onto something <laughs> i think
1: you are too and it is actually my philosophy so i'm hoping that we're both right it's not just you i hope <laughs> um i want to say that that was his first flight with you too
2: it was yeah yeah and he, he didn't have any air sickness or anything i got air sick there was some turbulence you know and, and he was like daddy you okay you want some of my gum And i'm like oh my god i'm good need Morgan gum for this. You know, I, he helped and he held you. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was great. He was, he was excited the whole time. He had a great time.
1: Well, let's, let's talk about, uh, so the, the show amplified is about amplifying the life of leaders that inspire hope and also cause community. And the reason I was so just appreciative of you giving me this book is because Ken and I really do a lot of brain exercises. We, I mean, for him to do 12 books, you're expanding your mind that way by itself, but I give him lots of puzzles and games and I teach critical thinking, problem solving. And I found that that makes me a better entrepreneur. So since the topic is what does this book have to do with entrepreneurism? How do you deal with the person that says, I'm really bad with names. Now, if I can say a joke and I'm going to shut down, cause I want you to just address some of this I just said, but when someone comes up to me and go, Oh my gosh. Uh, What's your name? I'm really bad with names. And I say, well, it's funny, but I'm really bad with faces. I can remember names. I just can't remember faces. So I'll just leave with that bad sense of humor.
2: There is actually a face blindness uh, condition. Um, and I'm I actually score pretty pretty uh, like mid level on that. The, so I I even use a technique to fight my face blindness. So so here here's uh here's what face blindness is is, is you see multiple people's faces and you don't recognize them the next time you see them. Um, but the name recognition has to do with connecting that face to the name. So there's there's two steps to it, right? Um, so I'll first, I'll first address face blindness because that actually affects a lot of people. Um, uh, Brad Pitt actually is very well known to be face, face blind as well. Um, so one of the things you can do is ask questions of the brain and your brain is like Google. It will, or chat GPT, maybe uh, it will hunt for the answer. It'll actually, anytime you ask a question, it'll try to find an answer. So that's why when you ask yourself the question, why am I an idiot? Why am I so terrible? It'll tell you like a dozen reasons. Right. And it's, and it thinks it's doing the right thing because your brain is very powerful It's going to give you what you're searching for, right? So instead, if you ask yourself, if you ask yourself a question that makes you focus on something, it changes everything. So let's see. You see someone's face, like my face, and you know that you might have face blindness. Ask yourself the question: What's distinct, distinctive about their face? You know, maybe maybe I got like a wrinkle up here or something, or my nose is a bit bigger. So whatever, like pays. Whatever you pay attention, like Prince Charles and his ears, right? Like that's distinctive, right? It could be flattering or unflattering. They could have gorgeous eyebrows or a mole on them or something like that. Pick one of those. So so just the act of asking that and then your brain searching for an answer apparently is enough to distinguish that that face from every other face that you meet. Then you want to connect to that distinguishing feature. You want to connect something that you remember. So I, I tell people that if you're first starting out with memory techniques, there are more complex name techniques. But the easiest one to learn is the costume party technique. If you think of going to a costume party, like a Halloween party or something, you can go a year later and you'll have um, like like you, you go to this one year, right? The following year you go, you see the same sorts of people, but they're all wearing different costumes. A lot of times you'll remember, oh, that person was wearing that costume that last year. That person was wearing this costume last year. So how come your brain is so good at remembering that costume? It was because it was i want to say it was a visual thing that was attached to them but it wasn't just visual it was all of your senses it was a physical thing that was attached to them so your brain is very good at connecting physical things together uh, it's a survival mechanism you know it, we, we imagine the hunter-gatherers hundred thousand years ago walking through the forest and you see a broken branch well that branch if it's at a different level you may connect to a different animal right and that would help you for your survival so the brain does this all the time. It connects visual information together all the time. So help it along. So the costume party technique is pretty simple. You hear someone's name and you try to twist the name into some sort of costume. So my last name is Pharaoh. It's spelled F-A-R-R-O-W. It's F with an arrow on it. Um, So it's not Egyptian or anything, but putting on that Egyptian hat uh, makes people remember it, and I've had people remember it for years afterwards. You know, for you, Ken, you might be a, a Ken doll. You know, considering the Barbie movie was just out recently, we're gonna we're gonna date this podcast here. Um, so you're you're the next Ken doll. You know, it's a it's a a, a slight movement away for Hasbro, but you know maybe they'll, uh, <laughs> they'll embrace it. Um, and but that's like somebody named Mike is you know dressed like a giant microphone. Uh, you know, Bob is I got a bobby pin on his chest or something like that. Like they, they seem silly. You know, um, but it, it really, it really does stick because when you start to make these silly pictures around the room, and if you try this at a networking event, you can do like 10, 20, 30 in a row and then try testing yourself. Go, okay, what did I connect to that person, that person, that person, and you'll, you'll be surprised. You'll remember just about every single one of them. And with practice, you'll get a hundred percent.
1: So with your permission, uh, when I ask any other questions, cause there's enough questions here to last another 50 minutes to an hour, so
2: let's do a super fast one.
1: Well, no, we're not going to do super fast. I'm going to just ask, and you can say blah blah blah, and the rest is in the book. But you give them some meat sure. to it. Yeah, okay.
2: I'll, I'll give a short. I'll just give a short answer. Yeah,
1: yeah, but because uh, I have so many things I want to talk about, like you had uh, the gambler's mentality and mind over luck, and I'd I'd like you to speak about that a little
2: bit. Sure. So, so the gambler's mentality. There's something. There's actually a brain hack about gambling that uh, casinos take advantage of. Uh, Long story short, when you imagine that you're going to win something, on some level, your brain thinks it actually happened. So if you haven't won it yet, your brain thinks there's some sort of injustice. So when when gamblers feel like they're chasing that dragon, it's they're chasing the image. That they believe has actually happened, and they feel like a sense of injustice that they haven't gotten it emotionally, and that's because uh, when you visualize something, anything, your brain thinks it actually happened on some level. Like when I when I visual when you visualize the Pharaoh hat, right, for my last name, your brain thinks it's actually real on some level. That's why you remember it. So the, that's how it can work in a negative way with the gambler's mentality. Now you can do that in a positive way if you start visualizing your goals and visualizing things happening based on the effort that you do. Or you know, let's say you're going into a job interview and you visualize getting the job, then you're going, your whole mind and whole body is going to be screaming "Hire me!" You know. Mm-hmm. So so that's the positive way, but there's a negative a negative connotation if you if you just think of of winning and then you feel cheated that you didn't win. So the lottery uh, context, kind of same thing? Yeah, yeah. The lottery mentality is is that, like, so watch out for that because you're you're using that principle of the brain where anything you visualize, your brain thinks is actually real. You're using that, but in a very negative way. You're using it in a way that um, makes you believe that you've already won and and it doesn't take into account the, the very low chances you have of actually winning.
1: Because your mind is so powerful and you're going to cause me to win the lottery, I just want to say I don't play the lottery. I don't play <laughs> But yesterday for my birthday, I bought uh ten tickets, two dollars each. The the Powerball's one point five billion. Tell Lex if I win, we're all going to Tibet and also the Taj Mahal.
2: You know, technically speaking, uh you you actually should buy tickets when the uh when the uh the pool is at the lowest because that's the lowest number of competition that you have. You know, if you if you did win, you'd have to split it with a bunch of people. But I actually recommend people count cards instead of uh, instead of gambling, you know. I used to do counting cards in, in Vegas for years and I Never gambled once, but I played cards and I won a lot.
1: Did you? But they they can figure out that you're counting cards, all right.
2: Uh within within a certain amount. If you, if you if you uh, are careful about how much you raise your bets, they can't really prove it. Uh, so they'll they'll uh, you know they'll watch you. And what I did is I I here's here's the card counting manifesto, and it's in the book actually. I talk about my experience. Um, I never stayed at a table for more than an hour or an hour and a half. Um, I never drank. I only drank, you know, non-alcoholic drinks because you're doing math in your head, but it's actually a very good mental exercise. If you want to train your brain to do math in your head and and you can make money, uh, at the casinos, or at least you won't lose as much as everyone around you. The math looks like, what's that? You give an example of what the math looks like for that. Yeah. It's very simple math actually, but it's a matter of discipline and focus. So, uh, the math is that, um, all the cards, uh, that are low cards, you want to have a plus one and the high cards are a negative one. So the reason is that when you see a lot of low cards, so low cards are like two to six, right? That's that's where I cut it off, two to six. Um, and then the high cards are face cards, uh, 10, Jack, Queen, King, right? Aces... I keep a separate count of the aces, but that's a whole other system I don't want to get into. But basically, know the, the, the face cards versus the lower cards, when you have a lot of lower cards that come through, your count will go higher and higher. You see a two, you see a four, you see a six. You see, then your the count will go higher and higher. That means your chances of getting a face card have gone up. When you get a face card, you're much more likely to beat the dealer because they have to, they have to stay uh, at 16, right? So if they're at 14 and they get a face card, they they've gone over and that's the that's 90 w- i won't say 90 that's a that's a high percentage of, of how you win is because they have to they, they have to stick to strict rules and you can be flexible in your rules that's basically the the way you, you and i i don't want to say cheat the game because it's not cheating it's it's playing the game better
1: and then uh, there was a part in the book about how to make better decisions and then how to the future
2: yeah. So remembering the future. This is a very powerful technique for uh, uh, for making decisions. A lot of people don't think of a process to make decisions, but we get emotional all the time with our decision-making process, don't we? And then we, we end up making terrible decisions. You know, we just go by feeling. Now, feelings are powerful, but I believe feelings are shortcuts to the intellect. So feelings are are, you know, I feel this way about that situation or this way about that person. It's because all of the data that has ever been gathered around that person is kind of Culminated into one thing and your brain gave that a number like that's a positive six or a negative four Let's let's say right. That's a feeling a lot of times those things can be wrong, right? so what you want to do instead is Visualize the path so say hey, if I take this path, where am I going to be in five years? Who am I going to be? You know that sort of thing let your brain paint that picture and then if I take this path Where am I going to be? Who am I going to be and it'll be very clear what path to take and very often people change their mind change the decision making process because they realized that they were doing something short term just to feel better in the moment instead of long term what was the right decision so um that's what i call remembering the future you kind of put yourself in the future and then you remember it you know it's almost like remembering what it felt like but it hasn't happened yet if that makes sense if that's not too meta um i call remembering the future because i think it sounds cool too
1: well it's kind of like that facts tell stories sell and if you can get people to feel they may yeah. make a decision to buy something with zero facts of what how it's going to actually land for them and make them a better yeah.
2: well and, and that's actually you know, most people make buying decisions based on emotion and they justify it with logic later on uh, like it or not that's how advertisers try to take advantage of you or or you know serve you depending on if you're in advertising or not, um, and uh, and I, I talk about that as well. Is that, that our emotions are these shortcuts that help us make because you can't you you have to make tons of decisions every single day and you can't analyze all of the data all of the logic for it. So your brain basically comes up with emotions and emotions are just a shortcut. They're not they're not this separate thing. They're just a short. If you are getting incredibly angry at something, that's because there was something that triggered that anger in the past. You associate it to whatever you're focusing on right now. Let's say someone being disrespectful or something like that. You know, emotions are those shortcuts. But uh, logic, if you really want to delve into it, if you're making an important decision, you should really trust that. And if you have a dis- disagreement between your emotions and logic, you should probably be choosing logic.
1: This is the book to read. We are unfortunately down to two minutes, so I'm going to read this with no, uh, I guess, feedback from you because it's, it's just said. I'm just reading some from your book, so... We enforce laws based on evidence, but create them based on opinion. And we need to create laws based on evidence and proof rather than opinion. And the reason I don't, I want to go into the rapid fire. I just want to say this is here. And he's got a full explanation of that. It's, it's really beautifully written. I love that you brought that into the back of the book. So anyone that is try to check out the front, check out the back. You gave a really important message there. So thank you for that.
2: Yeah, that's actually for a book I'm working on in the future called The Recipe. I think we can actually apply this concept of like, don't make emotional-based decisions to lawmaking even. You know, if you think of voting, it's mostly an emotional decision. Well, what's a better solution? And I, I think that uh, one of the ironies of our modern society is we create laws based on emotion, right? You know, voting, right? an opinion, right? Which is not evidence-based, but we enforce them based on evidence. If you break this law, you know? So, yeah.
1: These questions have to be asked really quickly. All right, all
2: right, all right, right. We'll, go, we'll go. Anybody wants to know more about this, go on faircommunications.com. Do. Connect.
1: We do, we do, we do. And we're going to add a right, link. Let's do it. A book that changed your life.
2: Um, how to Win Friends and Influence People. That was a good, that was good. One. Inspires you. What's that?
1: Movie that inspires you.
2: Movie that inspires you. Movie that inspires you. What Dreams May Come, actually. That was a great one.
1: Oh, that is a great one. Uh, who's your hero? Who's
2: my hero? Um, either my dad or my son, I think. Yeah. What you live by? Uh, what do I live by?
1: A quote. A quote you live by.
2: Oh, a quote I live by. Um, um, find out who you are and do it on purpose from Dolly Parton. My favorite philosopher.
1: Wow, that is really, that's unique. I've never heard that in all the years, so that's awesome. <laughs> So, Dave, thank you for making time in your schedule. Uh, You can now say you've been on 2001 interviews, so thank you for being on Amplified. We've had you before, and I have to say you've grown so much, which is really the indicator that you are living life in a very large way. Love the way you're a father. Love the principles that you've given. This is a must-buy. I am going to put this in the 50-book challenge for next year, 2024, books you must read. So get this book. I, you will thank me, you'll thank Dave Farrell, and you will stop wars from happening. This is Ken Rashan, our Amplified. Uh, stay amplified. Remember, keep smiling. If you know someone who's inspiring, lots of hope in the world, bring them to us. We'd like to amplify them bigger. See you next week.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now go get your message heard.